This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, I did a girls weekend this weekend over in Orange Beach, Alabama. And before we left, one of my friends said, you know, be sure to bring your silhouette. I have no idea what a silhouette is in the sense that I think you're about to tell me. Is it something you wear? No, a silhouette is a large piece of equipment, probably two feet long, that cuts vinyl. And it makes letters and patterns, and it's a big piece of crafting equipment. You're just making that up. No, I'm not making that up. You can Google it. It's not heavy, but it's bulky. And we're going to the beach. We're going to be in a condo on the beach, and you want me to bring... So I arrive, and the girls have brought their silhouettes... So we have these big crafting things. Everybody has their laptops. They've brought a heat press, a full-size t-shirt heat press. And they've decided that we're going to make tea towels over the weekend. Now, for me, girls, we get at the beach is I take my book and I lay out by the pool and I stare at the beach. And also, I like to get things done. You know this about me. Let's decide to do it and let's do it. You know this, right? Yes, I do. I just want to interrupt. I'm sorry. You lost uh-huh. me at, cra- at crafting. I'm sorry. Keep going. But you lost me at crafting. <laughs> but, but let's go. Let's keep going. Come on. At 2.30, they decide we're going to craft. We're going to go to the Dollar Tree. I'm at the condo on the beach, and they want to go to the Dollar Tree, which we do. So at 2.30, we go to the Dollar Tree. We spend over $100 on crafting stuff. And then we come back to the condo, and we start crafting. And at 1.30 in the morning... We have made three shirts and we are halfway through four tea towels. Now, I can go to Target and buy a tea towel for $12. But instead, that's 11 hours and there's three of us. That is 33 man hours and well over $100 worth of stuff on four tea towels. Tea towel? (laughs) Okay, so the pretty towels that you have in the kitchen that Julie puts out that are for the holidays that you use in the kitchen to like wipe your hands on or whatever, those are tea towels. Those are called tea towels, not hand towels, because you're not supposed to actually use those. Well, yeah, you can use those, but they're tea towels in the kitchen. They're hand towels in the bathroom. Why does it have to be two different definitions of a towel? Well, usually tea towels are made from like a flour sack material or or a microfiber. They're not a cotton. They're a lighter weight. I've used one of these. We have them, obviously. I didn't know that's what they were called, but I've used one of these because I get aggravated because it won't dry my cup or my dish off because it's made out of the type of fabric. I know exactly what you're talking about now. I'm very frustrated at those tea towels, by the way. Well, I'll tell you the 30 man hours that it took to make these tea towels. Everybody was laughing because I guess they have never crafted with me before. And I'm a get it done and time value of money person. So if I can go to Target and spend $12 on it and come back and it's in my kitchen, I would rather do that than spend the entire half a day to create one. And it made me realize, it made me think about when we're starting businesses or when we're doing something new in our business, like they got happiness out of the process where for me, the process was frustrating and I just want to get to the finished product. I'm still a little speechless at this idea that you were at the beach and y'all 
stayed in the condo and crafted. Well, I kind of felt the same way, but, you know, when you go to spend the weekend with your friends and this is what your friends want to do, then you say, okay, I can go to the beach anytime because I live at the beach and this is what the group wants to do, so we're going to do it. This is true. That's rationalized. I can get there. This is kind of like me and driving. I'm an enjoy the trip kind of driver and my wife is a get there kind of driver and she's really a let's just get there kind of rider. Her passenger skills are not strong in terms of being able to take a long trip because I'm the historical marker guy. There's a historical marker. Let's pull over and see what that one says. My journey along the way is very enjoyable versus my wonderful, beautiful wife who is, let's get up, let's get there, let's get settled. Okay, so I'm the same way. We were driving home from North Carolina a few weeks ago and passed by the Peach Oid in Daphne, South Carolina, which is in the middle of construction. And I want to pull over and take pictures in front of the giant peachoid in the middle of all the construction, which we've actually just gotten on back on the interstate from another kind of side trip I wanted to take. And the cute boy was not thrilled about the fact that I wanted to pull over and get off. But it was the peachoid. Like, I mean, like, that's a thing. You're supposed to do that in, in Gaffney, South Carolina. So, so we did. But then he told me to go to sleep, so I didn't see anything else I wanted to pull over and see. In the movie Bull Durham, we would have been called the lollygaggers. Yes, the lollygaggers. Then somebody would have thrown baseball bats at us. Yeah, yeah. You lollygag over here. You lollygag. This is me driving somewhere. I am part of the lollygagger group. So what does any of this have to do with insurance? It has a lot to do with building an agency. And it's very easy to get frustrated and caught up in the frustration areas along the way, the the speed bumps, but um, they may be detours. Uh, there's lots of little word pictures we could probably apply to building an insurance agency growing an insurance agency. Even the most experienced and matured agency organizations go through speed bumps and new journeys. It's very easy to be distracted and find ourselves in this stressful moment of despair because we're not willing or we're not able to enjoy the moment or enjoy the journey. And I think enjoying the journey is extremely important. There's so much learning and so much knowledge to be gained through enjoying the journey. So what would you tell somebody like me that is focused on getting to that finished product? I would say be careful of what it takes to actually get to that finished product. Is it a shortcut? Are you just trying to get from point A to point B and you're not really concerned about how you got there or what you learned along the way? Because what you learn along the way is something that's going to prepare you for a market cycle downturn like we're dealing with right now or a situation where things tend to repeat themselves. And when you're growing or doing or building and you're in that journey, if you don't slow down and just pay attention to what went wrong and why the speed bump or detour is happening, then you tend to repeat yourself. You tend to repeat those mistakes. I use this term, pay the piper now or pay the piper later. And the one good thing about this process or this journey is that if you are paying attention and you are enjoying or being aware that this is a learning process along the way, you're probably preparing yourself for this long cycle game that you've entered into and that something's going to pop up 
three years, five years, eight years down the road. And you're going to be able to draw on these experiences of this journey. And that's going to help you shorten the time frame of the next journey. It's just a series of journeys. That's what owning a business is, especially an agency. Well, you know, in geometry, we're taught, you know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And so if you're a logical thinker and you're starting your business, you're going to see point A and point B, and there should be this straight line there. And nothing about business or about life is a straight line. Life just doesn't work that way. The thing that I have to be careful of is to not get distracted by people who don't understand where I want to be. And I think so many of us allow those outside voices to distract us or move those goals. And I think sometimes that that's what puts a hindrance on us enjoying the journey. I mean, we are constantly being judged by people that don't have their own stuff together, you know, and those people's opinions aren't worth derailing your future. That fits into the same comparison category to me, listening to people that you shouldn't listen to. Part of that journey is learning to ignore the people that you need to ignore. They really have no impact on your success or failure at the end of the day. And that that's really, really important. I think about plans versus actual progress or the journey versus the plan of the journey. Those are not the same things. That's why I kind of laugh at my early days in business. I was this business plan junkie. I got the business plan software and I would always write these business plans. That became this hobby. I had all these ideas and I would write a business plan. I probably wrote a dozen business plans in my first two or three years in my career. So this explains why when I say, do we need a business plan for this? And you just always give me that look like, no, no. Okay. Not not at all. Because I business planned, burn myself out is what I did. And so I'm over business planned in my life. And it was my own doing. I did it to myself. But the business plans were so clean and perfect and wow, this journey is going to be so easy. I could probably run four businesses at once type business. You know, the business plan was so clean and squeaky good because of my own ignorance that when you think about them after the fact, it's like, no, that would never have happened. And it makes me think there is a pretty popular meme out there. It's basically your plan and then And it's like this guy on a bike in this very straight line to a checkered flag. And then there's God's plan. And it's full of all these little obstacles. And that is such a great illustration for the journey of running a business and starting a business and being a business owner, specifically an independent agency owner. Part of that shapes who we are. It creates our success in a way. All my failures and all this bumpy road stuff is somehow creating my success. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I had another comparison. I was watching the championship game, the Little League World Series, and I was really, really appreciative of the Hawaii coach. He was being interviewed and question was, what'd you tell your players before the game? And he said, I just told them, this is your last day of summer. We're back to Honolulu tomorrow. Enjoy your last day of summer. Live in the moment. Enjoy the moment. Soak it all in. The last thing he said is, this is your last opportunity to be a 12U baseball player. There's just something special about 12U baseball. 
I don't know what it is. I think it maybe it is the combination of size of the field, the players. To me, it's really the closest thing to Major League Baseball as you can get. The players are strong for the size field. I mean, the velocity of the pitching. And you never get that again until you really get to the big leagues. You don't get it in college. You don't get it in the minor leagues even. You certainly don't get it when you bump up into 14 and 16 and 18 you because they're now playing on full-size high school fields and they're not strong enough to play on those fields. To hear that coach say, enjoy the moment, enjoy the journey, I mean, it just resonated with me. It resonated with me thinking about my own business life and my own journey and how I am here and would I change anything? No. Everything that's happened got us to here. And I think that the parallel to starting an independent agency with what you just said, even if you're coming out of you've owned an agency before, you had a captive agency, but I think there's something so special about the correlation of starting your own independent agency because what you're doing is you're creating your own brand and you're getting to select your own own carriers that you want to represent and you're getting to choose who works for you and even down to what times you want to be open and where you want your what you want your offices to look like and everything about what you just said is what is special about creating your own independent agency. Building your portfolio of carriers that fit the customer that you want to do business with. Just every little thing is about the journey and the experience. And to those individuals that already have an insurance career as either a producer or on the captive side or whatever your background is, what you've done to this point, you're not late. I hear people say that, well, you know, I've I've been doing this in this organization for 15 years, or I've been doing this for this period of time, and I wish I would have been in the independent agency channel from the beginning. I don't agree with that. There is this shaping of who you are and this skill set from where you've been to now, and it's not too late, and it's not a situation where you haven't done well. I mean, a lot of the agents have done really well from producer or captive area, but you get to bring all that skill set into the development of an independent agency. And honestly, the independent agency system needs that in terms of the sales side of things, the ability to kind of shake up within the industry of the independent agency channel. And I've seen huge progress within the channel itself because of folks coming from one side of the fence to the other. That's all part of the same journey that we're talking about that's different for everyone. It's important to understand that don't dismiss that. Don't dismiss that as, I wish I would have done this earlier. It's not too late. I think to have this mindset that, oh, my journey's over and I'm 42, man, your journey's just getting started. I'm sorry. 50's the new 30. And I'm saying that from experience because I'm staring at half a hundred. Ouch, that... I feel triggered. I'm sorry that I triggered you. I didn't mean it. (laughs) That was the most insincere sorry I think I've ever heard out of anyone's mouth. (laughs) What about somebody that you would hear say, well, it's too early. I'm not ready yet. That is possible. But generally from a capitalization standpoint is the only thing that I'm going to say about that. It's generally around capitalization issues. And can you do it? Because not everyone is at a place where they can start an agency. I've said that before. I'll continue to say that. However, 
if you're at a capitalization point or you have the ability to do it, or there's also this thing of you can get into some time of life issues where two kids, a mortgage and stuff, and you can't afford to take the risk of the leap. That's real. I have had the enjoyable conversation opportunities with a 24-year-old college grad and a 28-year-old married with a one-year-old dad and mortgage in place. And these two individuals, four years apart, are at two totally different spots in life. And only four years changed the dynamic of what they could do and what they couldn't do. That does exist. But at the same time, if you really want to make the sacrifices and if you really have an opportunity to do that, then you can say, well, there's no real bad time to make this leap. So back to finding happiness in the journey. How have you done that? I choose my attitude because attitude's a choice. That's starting place number one. I love what I do. There has never been a point where I dreaded getting up and coming to work. I enjoy the work that I do, which was something that my father hammered home to me. Find something you love to do and then figure out how to earn a living from doing that. That piece of advice is a really, really important thing. And for me, I am so intrigued in the industry. There's always something to learn. There's always a stepping stone. There's always a learning point inside this industry because I'm convinced that the insurance industry alone is like this alternative universe from an economy basis, from globally. Things have gone wrong. Sometimes really, really scary things have gone wrong. And yet, It's an industry that you can rebound in. It's an industry where I always knew that we lost some money there. That wasn't a good choice. Let's go make it back. And it's just one of those industries that's so unique around that, that for me, it was always reassuring that the industry is so solid and the industry is so large that there was always going to be an opportunity to find a new place if I got bored or find a new vision or learn something new. It's just that type of industry to me. So I never struggled, not once, with finding joy even in the negative times. What struggles did you face going from working in the agency to owning the agency? Most of my struggles came from a little bit of a place of ignorance. I had these ideas, but they probably weren't going to work. And I wanted to really try them, but it really wasn't my money when I was working in the agency versus owning the agency. And so I had not yet early on figured out what calculated risk was. It was just risk. And it's easy to risk when it's somebody else's money. It's easy to be a visionary when you're using somebody else's money. It's a little more difficult when it's your money and a little more difficult to just take a leap of faith when it's your money. That learning curve, that process, that journey that I went through was that movement from employee mindset to ownership mindset and understanding that there is a difference when the buck stops with you. And when it reaches that point, that frustration for me as an employee was, why can't we do this? What's the problem? Why are we moving so slow? Those are learned things for me transitioning from that point to today. What was the best piece of advice that you were given in overcoming that other people's money versus your money and that that fear that can come from that? The best piece of advice was we've spent a couple of hundred thousand dollars here and we're not spending any more money figure out another way. 
When I was told that find a way to do it without spending more money, it was probably the best piece of advice in the sense that I had to be creative. Now, that did not mean don't do it. That did not mean you can't do it. It just means you can't do it by throwing more money at it. And that's like the marketer's worst nightmare. What do you mean? I can't spend money to do it. Well, for me, I was kind of that marketer mindset. And so to me, this grand vision and this really exciting thing was all about throwing some money at it, even though I didn't know know that's what it meant or that's what I thought it meant. And so I had to be creative when the faucet was turned off, when there was no more money to throw at it. And I had to come up with a way to still do it. I wanted the vision to still happen. The ownership wanted the vision to still happen, but the ownership had reached its level of you've spent this much money. The vision is not coming to fruition. So let's try this. Let me say this a different way. (laughs) You know, that's kind of the thought process. Let's let's try this a little different way. And uh, it was the best piece of advice slash action in my early days that kind of changed my visual on things. So you love Mondays. I do. I got a sick joke around here that people just do not like. And on Thursday or Friday, if you really want to get people's blood curling and get people to eyeball you, then on Friday morning, come in with this exciting attitude. And instead of saying TGIF, say only two more days or three more days till Monday, you will get this extreme eye-piercing reaction. But I love doing that because I actually do love Mondays. How did this love of Mondays come about? I think it came about because I enjoy what I do. I'm not a workaholic. I was recently told that, to my surprise, that I modeled work-life balance pretty well. And that wasn't always the case. That was part of my journey. That was part of the journey of learning through lots of missteps. And what happened in Mondays became a joy with me personally because I got to go back to work. I didn't have to go back to work on Monday. I had the privilege of going back to work. You know, working is a privilege. If you have a a career that you love, if you're in a job that you love, you know, count your blessings. I mean, there's a lot of miserable people out there in a lot of organizations that they're not fond of. And if you love what you do and you love where where you're at and you love your career, that's a blessing. And so to be able to say, I get to go back to work on Monday versus I have to go back to work on Monday was a pretty big transition in my world. And it just sort of become this thing about, you know, I I love Mondays because everybody hates Mondays. I tend to kind of look at things through a different lens and go, why does everybody hate Monday? Is it because you didn't rest? Is it because you spent 33 man hours crafting into the wee hours of the morning in Orange Beach? What happened that made you just absolutely have this disdain for Monday morning? Well, I will say that I did tell them that I was excited to get to go back to work on Monday because it was going to be restful compared to the stress of the crafting. Yes, and this is a little personal vent here of mine. We don't vacation well in America. We do way too much stuff on vacation. Vacation is supposed to be rest. It's supposed to be unplugging, checking out, etc., etc. You can't do that when you have an itinerary on vacation. If your vacation has an itinerary written down or verbal itinerary because it's stuck in your brain, you're doing it wrong. 
quit doing that today. Stop having itineraries on vacation. My two cents. Because it's better to just see it on the side of the road and pull over and, and read the historical marker, which is, you know, hey. Historical marker. I wonder what that is about. I found the oldest tree in Texas one day because I was observing historical markers. It's a sight to see. Where is that? It's between Crockett and Madisonville, Texas on Highway 21. So in case anyone wants to come visit us in Integra, you can stop and see the oldest tree in Texas on the way. It's about an hour and 25 minutes from here. So I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Carl Lewis. Athletes who enjoy the journey are often the same ones who reach their desired destination the most often. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.